What if all you needed to get better in every way was available at the touch of a hand or the sound of a voice or even a vibration? Let's talk about how that happens, who can do it, and where to find them. I'm John Webster, and this is The Hesitant Healer. Greetings and welcome to The Hesitant Healer. We're here on a Sunday and it happens to be Father's Day. Uh, I don't know if that's sad or if it's just a sign of the times that they don't have a grandfather's day. What do you think, Lisa? <laughs> I, I, there, I, you know what? I think there actually is a grandfather's is day. Is there a grandfather's day? I think there is. I, it just doesn't happen to be today. But happy Father's Day to you. Oh, thanks. Uh, we're doing some, uh, we're also doing some painting because we've uh, expanded our business a little bit. All right. Today, we're going to talk about a heavy duty subject. We've, this- been, we've been kicking it around for a while. Uh, we've, we've gathered some material. Uh, I'm going to apologize to you, the listener, because I don't particularly care for what we're about to do. And that is, I'm going to read to you, but it's, uh, it's pretty poignant and I could not do it better myself. And so we, we have, uh, here's the thing, listener, because there's more of you now, right? And you're starting to listen, which, if I think about it, gives me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> but you may not know this about me. I tend to wing it just a bit, right? Yes. I remember when I was in, when I was in massage school, Lisa. Yes. You know, you, they give you an assignment, and you have to like study for the assignment, and then you have to like uh, go and stand in front of the class, and you have to do a thing, right? Like a presentation? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That's the thing. And... uh you know, I've told the story. I, I work till I start at midnight. I get off at eight. I drive to Ukaipa. I go to school. I sleep for a few hours on the table and then I, I might get a little bit of information. And so, you know, homework to me was like, uh, I'll do it when I get there. And so uh, I would do these presentations and, and I do them like when I got to class and opened the book and was doing it while Amanda was doing hers and Tiffany was doing hers and so-and-so was doing theirs. And then I'd get up and do mine. And uh, I said something to somebody and she looks at me and she goes, you're just going to wing it. And I'm like, what? She goes, look, I've been in class with you for three months. I've watched you. You don't do shit until the last minute. And then you wing it. She goes, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I got your number. And I'm like, uh, 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 right. So I didn't know everybody knew I was doing that. Right? Is it that obvious? So uh, I kind of been winging this podcast a little bit because I had a lot of this in my head when we started. Well, now I'm getting to the point where I've kind of run out of content and I'm going to have to study and I'm going to have to do some homework and I'm going to have to talk to some people and I'm going to have to get my facts straight because it's growing. I can't uh, disacknowledge the fact that people are listening and they're getting something out of content, which I thank you for. But hey, guys, feel free to give me more. I have uh, like five people on the hook right now for some uh, pretty cool informational podcasts coming up. Uh, this is an in-between, in-between one, so we're doing this on our own today. And today's topic, have I already said today's topic, you Lisa? You have not. It's been quite a while and nobody knows what we're talking about I'm yet. I'm being a little chatty Kathy is what I'm being. <laughs> uh, today's topic is on forgiveness Ooh. right it kind of goes hand in hand with the uh with the uh, grief topic we were talking about kind of sorta and we have a couple of stories um 
You know, the first thing that comes up I, I, when I was thinking about this, there's a scene in Schindler's List. You remember when Schindler was talking to uh, Ralph Fiennes, whatever his his mm-hmm. uh, uh, character's name was. He was a really bad German, very bad German. He was a mean Nazi. He was a very mean Nazi, and uh, and he, yeah, Oscar Schindler told him, "You you should forgive." I think it was about the girlfriend he had. You should mm, forgive yeah. her, right? And uh, and then he like practiced in the mirror kind of thing, and it's like, guess what? That has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about today. Um. <laughs> Here's the deal. Uh, resentment in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous has to do with what they call the number one offender, right? This is where I learned it. In the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous of AA, uh, there's a line in there that says resentment is the number one offender. I, I found that to be true in my life. If I was resentful at somebody, I was harboring resentment. I was hanging on to something, some kind of perceptual wrong to me and it 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 ate me up and it fed me and it kept me warm and there's a scene in Red Dawn where uh uh the pilot is talking to uh uh C Thomas Howell mm. pulled that one out of my oh, ass didn't I look at C, that C Thomas Howell and, and uh he says you know all that anger is going to eat you up boy and uh C Thomas Howell he's like poking the fire with a stick and he he looks up and he, he gets a little smile on his face he goes it keeps me warm, <laughs> right? I was totally that guy for a long time, right? I had a lot of anger and a lot of resentment and a lot of perceptual resentment of things and a list of people who had done me wrong. I was also angry at shit I didn't know what I was angry at, right? And uh, so forgiveness becomes the key to releasing this. Now, I can't tell you how many times up until this point in my life, when I was getting sober, I had said the Lord's Prayer, right? Super Catholic thing to do, super, super Christian thing to do. And, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, right? Right. A hundred million times as a Catholic school boy said that right. without any meaning or knowledge or understanding of what that meant. Right. Right. But when you get into the brass tacks of what forgiveness actually is, um, I found it helpful to understand why you want to do that in the first place, yeah? And there was a book called The Sermon on the Mount that was uh, a framing book for what eventually became Alcoholics Anonymous. And this was one of the guys who were the founding fathers who was using this book to kind of frame the original 12 steps, which originally were six steps, which I know I've said before, which was admission, inventory, confession, restitution, prayer, and service. And it's those, those tenets of AA that turned into 12 steps of AA that eventually turned into 12 concepts of AA, which governs the groups and large groups of people, that I learned about interacting with humans and other people, especially ones that I was angry at or was not willing to forgive. It was in this book and a speaker, one of my favorite all-time speakers, uh, named Scott Redmond. Uh, Back in the day, Scott Redmond, who was an actor and a comedian, uh, wrote the book uh, Real Men Don't Eat Quiche. That goes way back. If you're old as me, you Mm -hmm. will remember that book. 
and he has since passed. He passed uh, almost 10 years ago, I'm thinking. Wow. Um, but Scott, Red- Scott Redman used to talk about uh, this exact thing. And I, I, I would listen to these speaker tapes over and over again as I was getting better. And in these speaker tapes, uh, I learned that in this uh, book, the uh, Sermon on the Mount, they break down where Jesus got that prayer, right? And so I'm going to read a little bit about uh, how I got to where we're going, okay? This is talking about uh, forgiveness, God's forgiveness in the Lord's Prayer, right? And it says, setting others free means setting yourself free, because resentment is really a form of attachment. Mm. Wow. Ooh. Yeah? You want me to say that again? I do. Resentment is really a form of attachment. It is a cosmic truth that it takes two to make a prisoner, the prisoner and the jailer. There is no such thing as being a prisoner on one's own account. Every prisoner must have a jailer, and the jailer is as much a prisoner as his charge. Listen, listener, having worked in jail for 13 years, I'm here to tell you that one is absolutely true. With no jailers, there's no inmates, and with no inmates, there's no jailers, right? When you hold resentment against anyone, you are bound to that person by a cosmic link, a real, though, mental chain. And I heard it put as battleship chains. You may as well be walking around the ocean with battle chains on, right? You're tied by a cosmic tie to the thing that you hate. Shit. The one person perhaps, in the whole world whom you most dislike is the very one whom you are attaching yourself by a hook that is stronger than steel. Is this what you wish? I love the way they ask that, right? (laughs) Hey, how's that working out for you, right? Is this the condition in which you desire to go on living? Remember, you belong to the thing which you are linked to in thought, and at some time or other, if that tie endures, the object of your resentment will be drawn again into your life, perhaps to work further havoc, which infers it was already working havoc. Do you think that you can afford this? Of course, no one can afford such a thing. And so, the way is clear. You must cut all such ties by a clear and spiritual act of forgiveness. You must loose him and let him go. By forgiveness, you set yourself free, you save your soul, and because the law of love works alike for one and all, you help to save his soul too, making it just so much easier for him to become what he ought to be. Hmm. I remember thinking, wait, so you're telling me, because I'll tell you, pray for this person for 30 days. Fuck that, right? (laughs) You're telling me that if I forgive this person, he's going to get better too? You're telling me that if I forgive this person, they get to go live their life and the horrible things and daggers that I've been slinging at them are not going to (laughs) happen? I got a decision to make, right? Because even though those things are profound and true, to hear them for the first time when I'm hanging on to a resentment of the wrong that somebody did to me, and I'm not talking fucking cutting off on the freeway. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about child abuse. I'm talking about being beaten. I'm talking about somebody kicking you out illegally with 
two hours to spare before they throw your shit on the street, right? All things that have happened to me. And now you're telling me I have to go back and forgive these people because I'm making myself sick. This has nothing to do with them. They wronged me, they hurt me, and now I have to forgive them. Hmm. Lisa, I don't like that. I, I am right in that same boat with you. I don't know that I like it. I don't like that. But here's what I found, especially in those years that I was getting sober, because they were stacked, right? If I don't do that, like it says in that passage, I'm, I'm hooked with chains. I'm stuck to the ground. I'm tent-pulled in. I'm not moving. I'm not going anywhere. And if I think I'm walking, I'm walking in a pretty dire strait. Mm. I'm underwater in the mud, breathing very limited water and air and not going anywhere. My spirit's not soaring. My soul's not happy. And I, I'm like C. Thomas Howell said, it keeps me warm. Mm. I, I was a warm some bitch, let me tell you. <laughs> but I wasn't happy, right? And, and, and that resentment, now that I work in this industry of, of touch and healing and holisticness, I firmly believe that in living that life of unforgiveness, we can make ourselves physically ill. Oh, I agree. And I believe, I can tell you, I see it all the time, right? Now, there's a lot of different things that go with this, and, and there's a lot of unraveling that, that has to do with this. And, and uh, my Al-Anon sponsor at the time used to say, uh, when we get resentful, it's usually because somebody's told us something. Like if somebody says something to me mm-hmm. and I get angry, mm-hmm. he'd say, the reason you got resentful is because they're right. And I'd be like, fuck you. And he'd be like, no, 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 no. He says, uh, look, if I look at you and I call you a toaster, you're a, you're a rusty fucking toaster. <laughs> right? I'm like, whatever. What? I don't even know what you're talking about. Right? He says, yeah. And then what? He goes, well, if I look at you and say, you're the most selfish person I've ever met. And I go, fuck you? Mm. I might be close to the truth here, right? <laughs> In fact, funny story, let me tell you. Uh-huh. I'm on the phone with him one day, and he says, Jesus Christ, you are the most self-centered person I've ever met. And he hung up on me. No. And my wife, Lisa, was in the next room. I'm like, I'm almost in tears. I'm like, Lisa, Lisa. <laughs> She's like, what? I'm like, this guy told me I can't use his name because I haven't talked to him yet about whether I can use his name or not. <laughs> this guy told me that I, he was, I was the most self-centered person he'd ever met. And Lisa said. <sighs> she says, honey, you're the most self-centered person I've ever met, too. <laughs> Oops. Now, when somebody who loves you that much tells you the truth, when they love you that much to tell you the truth, you, you might yeah, want to listen, right? Mm. So when we get to terms of forgiveness, uh, uh, I'll give you another one. I'll give you another. This is the opposite of Al-Anon. This is my, uh, this is Racer X, right? This is back in the days of Racer X. And, and for those of you who, uh, who haven't listened to all other podcasts, uh, Racer X is a guy that I've talked to for 29 years while I've been sober. Uh, we don't use Racer X's name because he will not allow it. So Racer X and me are talking and, uh, I went to this meeting. It was a basement meeting uh, here in Redlands a, a, a long time ago. It no longer exists. 
And there was this guy, right? There was this guy, pretty, pretty famous local guy who was a big guy. And he was, uh, he had, he had a, a little bit of an accent and he was, uh, he was very opinionated guy, very opinionated guy. And, uh, I was newly, newly sober. And one of the things you do in sobriety is sometimes you go to these meetings and you hear a lot of these old timers talk. And if you count all the years up, so like if you got four guys who have 25 years and they talk, you've heard a hundred years of sobriety. That should be some wisdom there, right? Should be. So yeah, Lisa, it should be. So I'm in this room and there were a lot of old timers in there and we were going around the table in a circle and I heard a lot of good stuff. And you know, uh, if you've never been in the rooms AAA, when you're new, you're an idiot. <laughs> and uh but you think the things you say are pretty profound <laughs> and i was that guy and and uh for a long time and then years later you you hear somebody say something you used to say and you go oh dear god i was an idiot <laughs> anyway i was that guy so a lot of these guys are talking and they're, they're some profound stuff and it meant stuff to me and it, it i I started sharing, oh, I'm so glad i heard 125 years of sobriety and that means so much to me and da 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 and then we get to this guy, and uh, he goes, fuck your 125 years of sobriety. It don't mean shit to you. you. You don't even know what you're talking about. And he just went on, and he lambasted me. And I, I, I just, I felt so small, and I just puddled into the corner, and I almost walked out in tears. So I go get, I go get my guy. I get Racer X. Racer <laughs> X will get him, because I've seen him get people in these rooms. And I go to Racer X, and I'm like, Racer X! This fucking guy, he said, who said that to you? I'm like, uh, uh, I told him his name. He goes, I, you, show, you show me this guy next time you see him. I'm like, Racer X is going to get him. Right? <laughs> I'll show you. <laughs> a couple weeks later, we go to a meeting. We sit down and I see this guy and I go, Racer X, there he is. He goes, there who is? I said, guy I told you about? He goes, <laughs> that guy? I'm like, yeah. He goes, oh man. And he leans over into my ear and he goes, the reason that guy pissed you off so bad is because he looks and feels on the outside like you do on the inside. Ooh. I'm like, motherfucker, right? So a lot of times when we're hurt that way, if we don't do the introspective work of understanding how we've gotten hurt, we're just resentful, right? Now, I understand there, there's layers, right? If somebody wrongs you and you're a small child and you can't fight back, that's one thing. When somebody wrongs you when you're an adult and you have choices and you can fight back, that's a whole nother thing. The, the forgiveness angle is the same. You still have to understand your part in it. You still have to tear apart the issues that caused you to get there, but you have to understand that Currently, as you sit and you're not being beaten or abused or, or whatever the trauma is, right? Because you have to extract yourself out of that before you can even get to the point where you're resentful, mm -hmm. right? Once you get out of it and you're just resentful, you're just angry, you're just looking back on the past and not living in the present, it's time to look at forgiveness as a healing property and in order to do that you have to understand your part in it you have to understand what was done to you and you have to understand that if you're going to forgive them you got to let them go completely mm -hmm. now uh, i have one yeah when lisa and i were looking stuff up um she looked up like uh i i had this one which was mostly a jesus thing she pulled a thing uh from 
Who? Well, I have one that I have actually I have two really good ones that Buddha said. So the Buddha. Bu- the Buddha. So the very first one, um, holding on to anger or resentment or unforgiveness is like grasping a hot coal with the intent of throwing it at someone else. You are the one who gets burned. So true, right? I, 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 I'm going to show you. Variations but, of a theme. Yeah. Right, exactly. And this actually was my favorite one. Um, you will not be punished for your anger. You will be punished by your anger. Oh, shit. Yeah, that was the kind of thing I, le- I learned, right? Yeah. yeah, and it's true because the, the longer we hold on to that, and believe me, I was the queen of unforgiveness because I had a long list. Of- do, you, do you still have that crown? Uh, I, I, you is it know in what? your closet in the corner it in is. case you need it? It is. It's in the and just in case. I have put it away. Um, I hope. Uh, I really liked to hold on to it because oh my god, it was so unfair and so wrong. And uh, do you know what he did? And uh, I wanted to. I I basked in it. I uh, I bathed in it. Literally, I bathed in that unforgiveness. That was and I carried it around and uh it did not serve me well it really 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 didn't serve me well i can remember um at the very beginning of my divorce process it was rough on everybody and uh the kids were kind of all up in arms and uh, i was talking to you and you said a really important thing to remember is at one point the kids are going to gravitate to the healthier parent and i oh. puffed my chest up yeah. And I said, well, there you go. And you said, you're not the healthier one yet. <laughs> right now they got two sick parents. That's right. And I went, what, what, what? Oh, all right. Yeah, so, so uh, I think we can fit this in, but I, 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 I can tell you where I was when I heard that and the guy that told it to me. I, I, I was going through my divorce, mm-hmm. right? And uh, uh, what eventually happened, because we kicked it around for a while, I was getting sober, I was still married, I had not completely stopped catting around, and, and, but I was sober, right? Um, I had three kids, they were, I think we were eight, nine, and ten at this point, and, and uh, I just couldn't do it anymore. It, it, really what happened at that point in that marriage was one day she was chirping at me, and I, I honestly, Lisa, I'm not a violent guy when it comes to women. I'm not. Mm. But uh, we had gotten to the point where we were so angry at each other. She was chirping at me. We were in the car and I could physically, verbally, nah, I, could, I could mentally see myself reaching out and hitting her. Mm. And, and I, I, I caught myself going, that's not me and that's not good. And I don't ever want to get to that point. Right. And then shortly in that time frame, she blurted out during an argument, uh, I wish you went back to drinking. Wow! Right, and so and that's a real thing. It happens mm-hmm. a lot with couples in in the program. Right, but I I really looked at that. It was time to get out, and so um, my three children were coloring on the ground. I can distinctly remember looking down while they were all coloring on their pages, mm-hmm. and I said, "Hey, kids, I'm moving out." And they all looked up from their coloring pages and went, "Okay." Oh wow! And I walked out. Now, at the time, I was talking to a lady in AA who was a psychologist at Patton, and mm. that is for the criminally insane. insane. This is a smart, smart woman. And I told her the story, like, I'm telling you the story right now. 
And I'm looking her right in the eye, and she starts crying. And I went, I think hmm. I missed something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't what? Wait a minute. <laughs> well, uh, that wasn't a sad story that I was telling. And she said, that's not how children are supposed to respond, right? Mm. So there was a lot of emotional stuff that needed to be taken care of in that divorce. But in that, in that time frame, uh, I bumped into another guy, uh, not Racer X, but another guy like Racer X, who was a big deal in the, in the community and had breakfast with him. And he said, just that, children gravitate towards the healthier parent. You're not that. You need to become that so that they have at least one to come to. Well, in order to do that, you kind of have to forgive the other party and you have to let go of the resentment towards that other party, even though they've wronged you for so many years. And in the middle of that hurt, that's tough to do. It is. But if you look at the big picture, we're getting healthier for the children in this particular instance, right? right? And so so if I'm going to be sick by holding that resentment and I want my children to be happy, I got to get better. And that means I got to forgive that son of a bitch or I got to forgive that woman I married or whatever, right? And uh, gosh, that's hard. It is. Right? I think when it comes to family, it, it, it's a difficult thing to do too. Well, I think it honestly... We were talking about grief a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about how grief is a process, that you don't have something happen on a Tuesday and you bop out of bed on Wednesday and your grief is done. I really believe that forgiveness is a process. Yeah. And um, uh, we, it's not a one-time thing, and it's not a one-size-fits-all thing. Um, I Agree. Think I think that, especially with a big, huge thing uh, that you feel like you need to forgive, um, it's going to be done in steps. It's going to be incremental, and it is daily taking up the uh, the task of forgiveness. Yeah. Um, First of all, thank you for recognizing the big, huge thing. <laughs> God. <laughs> Sorry, little, little levity amongst the heavy-duty content. Um, but I do have a, a good point, I think. Um, we all know that I, uh, yeah, I, I studied the Bible at one point in my life. That was going to be my uh, profession. Uh, I, did, I took a little Greek. Um, I know you're all going to be shocked, but the Bible was not written in English. It's true. So a lot of times when you're studying, they make you learn Greek uh, because there are words that mean, for instance, forgive. There's subtle meanings to forgive in the Greek that perhaps we have lost in translation. So in Luke, uh, we're told to forgive and you will be forgiven. Sounds pretty easy, right? A equals B. Um, but forgive there means to set free or to let go and dismiss. So I need to set free that person so that I will be forgiven. And forgiven there means to release a debtor or not press one's claim against him. That one really spoke to me. So gosh darn it, look at that horrible stuff he did to me and I need it. He owes me. You know, that's kind of that, um, that, internal, that internal struggle. Really, um, I didn't want to let go. I did not want to let go. Kept me warm at night. Um, here's the here's the 
the ugly implication, though. Right. And we'll, we'll take you as an example. Mm-hmm. You have to forgive him, and you get to that point, and you're willing to let that go. Mm-hmm. But the ugly implication is how'd you get there in the first place, right? Uh. Because if your pardon is is that that you're making yourself sick, mm-hmm. then how did you make that decision in the first place? And now you got to unravel a whole bunch of other things. And then that in itself, uh, I have a couple of stories that, that might get you here. Okay. Um, I've told this one a couple of times this week. It, it, my grandma, Molly, when she was uh, much more elderly towards the end, mm-hmm. um, I estranged myself from my family for, for a bit, for about six years when I was getting better. I needed to. I needed mm-hmm. to just not be around anybody I grew up with. When I came back in, things were a little bit different. One of the things, I mean, Grandma Molly got a little bit older. And uh, there was a housekeeper cleaner who took care of her and uh i would go over and see my mom every once in a while and she would bitch about this lady she would bitch about the lady bitch about this lady by this time i'm working for the sheriff's department i learned a little bit about laws and and uh criminal law and that kind of stuff because i was hanging out in jail and uh basically she was accusing this woman of stealing from grandma turns out this woman had a side business that was a uh a cleaning business and uh, she'd take grandma's check and go to Costco and come back with carloads of stuff. Oh, my God. Half of it would be cleaning stuff. And my mom would go search through the closets to find the cleaning stuff she saw. And it would disappear. So she was sure she was buying cleaning stuff on grandma's. In addition to that, she was sending a shitload of money to Guatemala, where she came from, too. All the signs were there that she was ripping her off. And, and um, not to say that my mom was a little paranoid, too, because she was. But, I mean, <laughs> there, were, there were sweaters and jewelry and whatnot that she swears she just little things were missing. So I'm like, fire her. Right. Can't fire her. Why can't you fire her? Hammond and Han and Hammond and Han. And finally she's like, well, Uncle Ernie hired her, so he'd have to do it. I'm like, all right, well, you know, you could go after her cleaning business. You could follow her. You could go check on that stuff. Mm-hmm. Eventually it comes to when we really get to a head on this, on this, the bottom line is they don't want to let go of the cleaner because she's taking care of grandma. Right. And they can't. Right. They won't. Right. So their part in this, their complacency in this has to do with their own selfish intentions of we ain't got time to take care of grandma. Right. But we want to bitch about the source. Right. Right. Yes. And then uh, the uncle had hired her through some program that had to do with tax write-offs and he would lose that if he fired her too. I'm like, the whole plot just thickened. It just got worse. Now I'm getting pissy at this point. I'm like, you fucking people, right? And I went uh, to Alan on sponsor again. This guy uh, has always been a brilliant light in my life. And he mm-hmm. says, uh, it's not your problem. I'm like, what do you mean it's not my problem? He goes, that's not your mother. It's your grandmother. And she's got kids that are taking care of her. And wow. it sounds like they're handling it. Wow. And I'm like, ah, but, ah. and you know what? Problem solved. Right? The resentment, the, 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 silent resentment the the unforeseen resentment wasn't a resentment at all right i'm pissed because somebody's mishandling my grandmother but the people who should be taking care of it are taking care of it and they're taking care of it badly uh do i have a problem or do i not have a problem right and and here's another thing that we haven't even brought up in this conversation is ego 
is a huge part of this, of resentment. I've been wronged, right? Right. Or I'm wrong, but you were wronger. (laughs) You were even more. You were even more wrong. We kind of grow up with that. and, And I always say this is my mom voice, but that's not fair. You know, and my kids would say that a lot. Um, I had three kids really close in age. John had three kids really close in age. There's a lot of that when they're young. But that's not fair. And then I would say, life's not fair. Which is a great platitude, but the Mm. reality is it's not. And so I have been in a room talking to people doing some SER work, um, which stands for somato emotional release. Mm And talking to some people who have been in some life situations that were not fair, right? right? The problem was their view of fairness was not a hill they could get off of. And it was making them sicker and sicker. It wasn't a thing that they needed to forgive. It was a, a, a foundational belief system that needed to be changed. Right. Right, and the foundation, the foundational belief system that needed to be changed. Until you let go of that, you're going to have the resentment. But it's in, the, in that internal work of understanding. You don't need to forgive somebody. You need to forgive yourself. Right. Right. I had a wonderful pastor that I worked for. Um, really, probably one of the smartest, uh, smartest men I ever knew. And he said, "You have to learn to accept the apology that you're never going to get." Yeah, that one's tough. It is. Because gosh darn it, I deserve an apology. You know, um, whoever it is, perhaps that person is, is, is already gone. Maybe they've passed. You're yeah, never going to get it. Yeah, yeah, but. Right, exactly. If I start a sentence with yeah, but, I'm already wrong, right? Exactly. You are already wrong. It is that um, it's entitlement is what it is. Uh, yep. Yeah, I believe, I believe I'm owned. It's, it's ego, right? Mm-hmm. And in the absence of ego, we have a lot less forgiveness and a lot less resentment. Right. So understanding yourself, understanding your responses, understanding your belief system is is part of forgiveness, I believe. It's not just the I forgive you part. It's the I understand my part, right? Exactly. I've talked to a lot of people who um, in childhood abuse situations, Mm -hmm. when you use this... uh, formula and you get to the point of what is your part in this right they get super lost right and you kind of have to walk them through it. It, it it's nonsensical it doesn't have to be logical but your part is that you were born into it right your part is that you were a child of that family and that's what happened but in understanding that you at least get to the point of understanding your part right now you can get to the point of forgiveness because it's not them that's suffering. It's you that's suffering. And if you don't let that shit go, you're going to continue to make yourself sick. Right. Now, I will, I will leave the 1% or 2% because I did, I did delve into this for quite a while when I was going through my own shit. Um, if you're going to go tackle it, you need to be willing to change your life to go do it. And that it could be any number of ways. If you want to go fight Congress, then you should, you should spend the money, learn the laws, Go be a lobbyist, go to Congress, become a congressman, go change the law, do whatever, right? Right. If you're going to fight child abuse, 
it, it, giving money to a child abuse place, if that's what you think works, works. But if you're going to go in there and you're going to fight it, you need to understand how big it is, right? right. It became too big for me to turn into a, a, a Don Quixote conquest. Correct. And, and so I eventually came to terms with the fact that how I'm going to deal with this is, is one person at a time. Right. My mantra became, I'm going to choose to heal the world one person at a time. Because if I go after the bastards, right? Don't mm-hmm. let the bastards get you down. Right. If I go after them, I'm going to get sicker. Right. right? I, I was in rooms of, uh, when I was with Sheriff's Department, uh, went to a couple of things where they talked about some really bad people and uh, there are some absolute heroes in this world that go after the bad men. Right. That go after the bad people. That's their their it's a, it's vocation a, and their avocation. But That's it's a it's their a, calling. You, you have to understand that it's a it's a Nietzsche quote that you cannot enter the mouth of the dragon without getting it all over you. Oh, that's I, I, definitely. I bastardize the shit out of that quote. But mm. listen, you, you can't go hang out with the bad guys unless you're going to end up being a bad guy yourself or do some bad things. You have to. And to understand the mind of a murderer or a molester or a sick, twisted fuck, you're going to get some on you too. Mm-hmm. And so the question becomes, at what cost do you really want to go fight that versus at what cost are you willing to let this go and forgive? Mm-hmm. Right now, now, a lot of people, when they hear forgiveness, also hear, well, I'm going to be vulnerable and abused again. That is not what I'm saying. No. If you're going to forgive, you forgive with the strength and the understanding that you know what and how that was caused in the first place, and that you are a better person for it now, and that you are now free of that battleship chain of that that person that did this thing to you or that institution that did that thing to you mm-hmm. or that COVID virus that did that thing to you <laughs> right? or that Canadian fucking government that left you behind the lines while your parents were dying thing to you. Hi, sister. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you are going to become the better person so that you can fight the good fight that you want to and be the person that you want to be. And you carry the armor with you of, of understanding, right? That's right. the whole reason you want to learn how to understand your part, their part, what your options are, and why you should forgive. Yeah? I agree. I, you know, it's, um, it comes down to the outcome, right? If, if, I, if I forgive that person and I'm able to walk away from it, uh, I am no longer attached to the outcome. I don't, whatever happens to Perfect. him uh, is no longer a part of my psyche, of my um, universe. Uh, it is no longer affecting me. Ultimately, you wish the best for them. Right. Or, or, Racer X used to say, I pray for, uh, I know I'm going to make mistakes, so please allow the best outcome for whatever my actions are. I, I kind of like that, right? It kind of gave them an out, but the out was, I, I really want the best for them, but I'm, I'm going to let you do it, right? right? You, you, give, you give the outcome to God, right? Right, right. I, I'm, I'm washing my hands of this shit. I'm going to try and be a good guy. But while I'm trying to be a good guy, I know I might mess up. I know if I mess up, I trust that you're going to take care of this. You but know, ultimately, you also have a power of choice, you do. right? When we're, when we're stuck in resentment, I've lost the power of choice. It's a very AA uh, big book thing, right? And in losing the power of choice, you're stuck. Mm. And when you're stuck, you got no options. Right. By by forgiveness, 
and understanding all the things that go with the the power of forgiveness, you now have opened up the power of choice. Right. I can choose to go back to that partner that cheated on me mm. or not. Right. I can choose to never, ever hurt somebody the way that I was hurt. Correct. I can choose not to go back to that place that treated me like shit. Right. So I read this in a commentary. Uh, and it says, one does not decide what happens to him. So we don't get to decide what happens to us, right? But we do get to decide what we do with it. And the other part of the, the thought that I was having, and I will tell you honestly, uh, listeners, I, I recently was uh, in a very beautiful little island um, out in the Pacific. And I was thinking, golly, how different my life looks at that second than I thought it was going to look 10 years ago. So had I not gotten divorced, had I not moved to Southern California, had I not made the friends, the dear friends that I have made, uh, the, the colleagues and the people who are a big part of my life, if, if that divorce hadn't happened, I probably wouldn't be here. So all things work together, right? It all rolls along. A lot of times time gives you the benefit of seeing what the other choice might have been. Right. Which, which I found, uh, I have always found to be real cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, last little bit here. Um, Scott Redman used to talk about it because it, it goes on in the, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount. Well, well, how do you forgive? And in, in this particular one, they talk about, basically, they just kind of lay it out. Uh, you lay, you, you sit down in a quiet place. You, 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 you settle yourself. If you're talking to God, if you're talking to the universe, if you're talking to a spirit animal, whatever, you put that person or thing or event in your mind and you say, I, I forgive you. Right. I, I swear, Lisa, mm-hmm. when I, when I first heard this and read it, you went, that is too simple. No. Oh. I saw Steve Martin. On Saturday Night Live, <laughs> when we're gonna break up with that girl, we say, I'll break with thee, I'll break, I'll break with, with thee, thee, I'll break with thee, and we throw dog poop on their shoes. <laughs> I don't know that that's a bad way to do it. <laughs> right? Because sometimes if I'm having a little conversation with God, I, I sound a little bit like Roseanne, Rosanna, Dana. <laughs> hey, God. Uh, but. Uh, you get in a quiet place, you, you settle in, you get the person in your mind, you forgive them, you forgive them, forgive them, however, however you want to do that. Mm-hmm. What, what I like that he said, which was, because this sounded a lot like me, is that two weeks later you see that person walk by, or two weeks later you're reminded of something and you're like, that mother effer, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's when you catch yourself and go, wait. Wait, I already forgave them. I forgave them. Right, and you get to do it again, and this is where I go back to Schindler's List because this is kind of what he does. I forgive you, right? I do it like uh, like uh, Crispin Glover in uh, in uh, Back to the Future. Mm. You're my density, right? You put the <laughs> hand out and you reach towards them, and you see their face. You're like, I forgive you. 
So magnanimous. And now we're back to ego, which is what I'm full of, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, My forgiveness had to do with magnanimity. Is that a word, right? (laughs) My my forgiveness had to do with how fucking good I'm going to look when I forgive you, which kind of takes the spirituality out of it, Right. right? So there has to be some humbleness, some humility when it comes to this as well, right? If you're not in a place where you can do this humbly, it's probably not going to work and you're not doing it for the right reasons. I hate that answer, right? I really do. I've talked a little bit about before, uh, I think we're two years out of uh, business-wise where we we were both wronged Mm -hmm. and it took me almost a year. The first seven months, it was dark and I was not going to forgive those bitches ever. and I can't live like that anymore. No. The interesting part is I used to live like that all the time and they were stacked and this was just one incident and I just wasn't letting it go and it was making me sick mm-hmm. and I can't afford to be sick. I'm a healer. I help people. I have to turn this into a healing thing. I say through gritted teeth so that I can be better. And so I had to forgive them and I have to wish them the best and I have to understand that uh, I want their business to succeed, and there's enough room in this town for all of us. And and right. uh, I I just don't have to hang out with them. I right? think it's still that too goes back to had that uh, and horrific. It was no fun to walk through. Had we not done that, Lisa K, we would not be where we are right now. Exactly. There's no podcast. Right. There's no new room that we just got into. There's no five new clients a week there's no right uh, we're looking at retreats we're looking at a dissection class we're looking right. at growing and expanding and and which is where we saw ourselves from the beginning but without that horrific event we don't get any of this right exactly so maybe there is a god and it's not me <laughs> that's very true which i think should be the name of this episode of the podcast maybe there is a god and it's not me yeah there is a god and it's not me All right. All right. Well, that's about 44 minutes of some heavy duty stuff. I hope we made sense to you. I uh, hope it I hope it was encouraging cuz I you know it's a big huge topic and and perhaps even one day we'll do one on forgiving yourself cuz that's a huge part of learning to forgive. Yeah, I've never understood that one. Um I hope it was encouraging and I and I think what I would want you to remember is Again, it's process, and and just because you get up one day and it and you forgive them, keep doing it until until you know, until it becomes real. I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's it. All right. Um, I just would like to say, if you would like to ask us a question or leave us a comment, you could contact us on WhatsApp. So, uh, we have people in other countries listening to us. Feel free. To get us on WhatsApp, and it would be 1-909-557-4415, or you can get us on Instagram, or you can get us on email, We uh, thehesitanthealer at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page, too. Yeah? We do, yes. So we're up on all the social medias, okay? So please. Um, we are uh, moving forward with the dissection class in October. October. We have some more people that are very interested. This is for massage therapists, healers, body workers, yoga, yogis, 
who want to learn more about anatomy and learn more about how the body works and learn more about touch and all the systems involved. So if you are interested, please contact Lisa Kay at uh, all the things, all the aforementioned things. We also have a website, which is uh, advanced underscore anatomy underscore dot com. And uh, there you can sign up. We're taking uh, money. We're yeah. taking what's We're the taking word? Deposits. Looking, we're taking deposits. I, I empty my head on this podcast and I have nothing left at the end. Mm-hmm. I do this for you people. <laughs> so that and we're also kicking around an idea for a healing retreat. We had our healers retreat where the group of us got together and did the healers retreat up in Idaho, California. Now we're ready to all get together and bestow our group healing upon y'all. So if you all are interested in a healer's retreat where you come and you get a variety of different healers to work on you, myself, there would be singing bowls, there would be some uh, uh, craniosacral therapy, we're talking about uh, maybe having some, some yoga, some yoga, sure. maybe even some uh, instructional stuff on uh, microdosing and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a lot of people at our disposal. It would be a three-day thing up mm-hmm. in Idlewild, and we're looking at maybe September-ish. Yep. If you have some feedback on that, or if you're interested, please let us know and give us uh, give us a shout out to there. Right. All right, Lisa K. This is it. Okay. Uh, I just want you to know, I forgive you. Oh, uh, you know what? What? <laughs> I forgive you. You know, you should see the look on her face because she <laughs> I, she still hasn't. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.